0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 447. And the quote of the day is, it's so simple, really. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you start something, finish it listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. And beyond, and beyond. Hey yo, what's going on? Nick Ruffini here. And Do I, I don't know. Do I need to say Nick Ruffini here? I guess everybody knows this is Nick. I don't know. Could be Daniel Glass, though. I'm not Daniel. I'm Nick. This is episode 447. And man, it is crazy uh, in my world right now. I'm literally sitting. I'm in my house. There is like... Uh, there's haze from smoke from Northern California fires. I'm still in Northern California and, uh, there's boxes everywhere because I'm getting ready to pack up and move. And it's just, it's a crazy, uh, it's a kind of a weird vibe today. And the other thing is this may be the last episode that I record here, uh, at my house. So, um, I don't know interesting, a little bittersweet, but I'm excited to get down to LA. Um, I've mentioned before on the podcast that that my wife and I are moving to LA. We'll be in West LA. And I plan on doing a lot of things when I'm down there with some drummers and I want to do like some dinners, some meetups, some get togethers, all that kind of stuff. So if you're in the LA area or you're heading to the LA area or anything like that, please do me a favor, hit me up. I will be out and about. And a lot less people come to uh, Northern California, specifically where I live, but LA is 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 a uh, a hot spot for people always coming through. So definitely hit me up if you're going to be in town. And let's get into it. Let's get into this conversation. And this is one from a few years ago that Rich Redman and I did. And this is again one of those Drummers Resource Pro episodes that it's timeless information, it's use you, very useful, and Rich, the guy has so much experience, and he uh, for those of you who don't know, I've had him on the podcast a few times before, he and I are buds, and he is the drummer for Jason Aldean, but he's also done a ton of other gigs with a ton of other people just check go to richredmond.com if you want to see his full list of credentials it's mind-boggling the the people that he's played with so and he's been with jason aldean from you know since the beginning of time so uh we get into a bunch of different things we talk about touring we talk about charting we talk about relationship building and these are questions that are submitted by listeners and viewers of a live uh sort of live masterclass Q&A session that we did. So it's great to get other perspective too. I like hearing other questions other than my own going to these guys. So without further ado, let's get into it with my man, Rich Redman. So talking about your crash, Acronym and sort of that's you know like I said it's sort of your way of life how you think that 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 people can succeed Um, so talk a little bit about how that came about and why you think that those those things are extremely important
1: yeah well um, for the people that don't know um, you know I've been playing drums a long long time it's you know it's the love of my life Um, uh, you know I started at seven years old playing a little blue sparkle snare drum my parents very very supportive I'm a product of music education. In the great state of Texas, I moved there, you know, in 81, I got a great all-around education there. And, um, you know, I think I'm a natural teacher, so I've always taught drum lessons and, and uh, you know, um, started doing master classes in clinics in 2007 pretty regularly uh, while on tour. And I wanted to have something that was of extreme value that people could actually take away from the event other than oh I noticed that you know in the middle of your 90-minute drum solo you did something that resembled a paradiddle. I really wanted to have something very concrete that people could take with them so I ended up developing this um, Crash Philosophy which is a good uh, platform for obviously you can apply to cultivating the drum career of your dreams the music career of your dreams but also um, it's valuable I mean I i've presented to kindergartners and fortune five hundred companies and business rallies and community gatherings and um and mom and pop drum shops of course your guitar centers your sam ashes it's just a it 's just a fun thing and crash stands for commitment relationships attitude skill and hunger commitment relationships attitude skill, and hunger so um obviously anybody that's been in the music business or is getting in the music business knows how tough it is and it's even tougher than ever um because you know we have file sharing and streaming, and it's, so it's really if you, whether you're a songwriter or you're a song plugger or you're a producer or you're a tour bus driver or you're a studio musician, um, your business has been drastically affected by the presence of the internet. So, a guy like me, I do eight or nine different jobs, right. um, and I have to work really, really hard, um, probably to make the money that someone who was just really killing it in the in the you know the the heyday of the '80s. Successful music business was was able to do, um, but yeah. So you have you have to be deeply committed, and if you don't know that, you will know that very very soon. Um, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, Practice. right? Ten thousand hours. Um, relationships, relationships in life are crucial. Uh, I Everything that has happened for me in, in a positive way in my life has happened as a result of real human sincere relationships I have with other people. Um attitude, you know, why does the motivational speaker always get hired to talk about attitude? Because it really is about ninety nine percent of life. You know, there's definitely better drummers out there than me, but I'm gonna show up with a big smile on my face, a firm handshake, I'm gonna be able to take directions and people will see that I'm wearing my attitude on my sleeve and that is um, a positive attitude, and so, you know, they say it takes twice as much energy to have a negative thought and to maintain negative energy, right. so I just try to stay, try to stay in that positive zone, um, and then, our, of course, our skill set, you know, I do a lot of teaching, so yesterday, the last two days, I had a friend of mine, Justin Mooney, you know, we we, um, we sound check every day at 3 o'clock, so he hosted me from, like, 9 to 2 every day, and I taught, like, local players um, in Moline, Illinois, um, you know, an hour long drum lessons. And I had all levels of ability and experience. Um, but I find that you have to have these things to be successful. Uh, reading. Reading music has saved me time and time and time and time again in my career. When you read music, you can draw from the world's resources and you could steal things and you're able to prepare for gigs better and have more gigs. Um, and, you know, rudiments, rudimental training is fantastic. Coordination on the drum set and, of course, styles. And those are the four big things that are, like, the kind of the tenets of my teaching. I want to get you reading music. I want to get you, with uh, with rudimental training, I want to get you having coordination on the drum set and eventually applying it and learning styles. You know, can you play brushes? Can you play double bass? Can you play Ahsoka, calypso, Anango, a soca, a calypso, a nanengo, a slow 6-8? you know, soul ballad, can you do a 2-4 country shuffle, can you do a train beat, all these things, the Motown beats, so many things to learn that even some professional players that are playing at a high level, they can't do these other styles, and I'm finding that if you can do these styles, it not only makes you and your sound richer and deeper, uh, it's actually uh, makes you available to create more opportunities for yourself in the music business sure and then of course hunger you know hunger is um, No matter where you are in life uh, being hungry for success and having that drive continually reinventing yourself and being a student of life and, and educating yourself and moving forward because I've Just noticed in the almost 20 years that I've been in Nashville There's a whole new wave of young players that are coming from um, Musicians Institute and University of North Texas and USC, University of Miami, Berkeley, they're coming, they're all coming to Nashville, and the music is different, the drumming style is different. Their expectations of what the skill sets they need are in the music business are different. So instead of being the old fish or the old dog that you can't teach, you know, I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm picking these younger players' brains, and of course, they look to me for the experience of like, wow, you were able to do this and that and that in the '90s and the 2000s in Nashville, and wow, what was the music of life and how did you get from point A to point B? So we all kind of help each other. It's amazing. Right? Do you do you think that you find
0: yourself being having to be more of a an entrepreneur and being more of a of a businessman now than you did be maybe fifteen years ago?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's always anybody that's successful at anything in life has had to have some business savvy. Sure. And if you're not naturally born with it, those are the kind of books you need to be downloading to your Kindle or your iPad or, you know, if you want to be successful in the music business, you need to be I mean, I was an avid reader of like Fantasy and sci-fi and stuff. Growing up, I was total nerd ball doing that stuff. But now I read all books on, um, you know, entrepreneurialism, uh, you know, and business and business development, social media, um, and just how to how to grow as a grow your business, you know, and to create a platform for yourself, brand yourself, all that kind of stuff is very very important, more important than ever because there's. Uh, less opportunities for musicians and more people wanting to do it, so right. you, figure you have to figure out a way to set yourself apart, but I mean at the most basic level, um, being prepared, showing up on time, exceeding expectations, having a deep skill set. Um, you know, being friendly, being able to take direction, having good-sounding gear. I mean, all this kind of stuff. You know, returning emails and phone calls in a timely manner. You'd be so surprised at the number of people that want to cultivate a career in the music business that don't do any of these things, which is basic stuff. Like, if you're, if you, uh, if you own a flower shop or you sell, you're an artist and you want to sell your wares. I mean, these are all like really, really basic. Stuff. Things you know, mm-hmm. like having a great product, showing up to work on time, calling the customers back, doing some basic marketing and advertising for yourself. I mean, this is basic, basic stuff. Right. You know. Do you have any? Do you have any good books to recommend to people? Um, I have a laundry list of things that I need to read. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the positive things that I think that you should check out would be. Um, You know, as you know, all the Napoleon Hill stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you. you I
0: think that's where like you and I really got like I watched an interview with you. I don't know, whatever. I don't know how long we've known each other now, years. But and you mentioned Napoleon Hill, and I was like, all right, I'm emailing him. So I
1: sent you an email, and you know, yeah, become and Napoleon Hill. Everybody, you know, Google, get on the Google device there and check out Napoleon Hill. Um, You know, his job at one time he was hired by Dale Carnegie as a job. To write to interview a hundred of the world's most successful men and put it in a book, and the book was called The Law of Success. So, um, or was it The Law of Success, or was it the think other one? Um, think, think and Grow Rich.
0: Yeah. yeah so, because I what guess, well, I guess he, I guess what he took the, he realized that these all, all these people had, you know, twelve, laws, they had these twelve things in common, and I think he right. sort of wrote Think and Grow Rich, and then the laws of success were, which were sort of like all of those principles. Uh, broken yeah. down even more. Because I
1: like the secret too. Points. The secret, you know, is great. The you yeah. know, secret is like the law of attraction for dummies. Anything on the law of attraction, um, uh, any of the Napoleon Hill stuff. Um, I'm going blank right now, but yeah, I just download all that stuff onto my iP- iPad. And, and for right now, I like I like my you know my midlife and my new passion is, is uh you know I went after Nashville. I was able to develop a career that pays my bills, which is amazing, and it's where I live, but now I'm going after Hollywood. I've always been attracted to Hollywood. How do you do it? You go there. Right. You're moving to California, right? Oh, yeah? you, you go there. The commonalities of any business are you have to connect with the people that are in your craft. Mm-hmm. You have to study your craft. You have to connect with the people that are in your craft, and you have to get to know the gatekeepers that are going to allow you into the infrastructure so you can actually work in that field, and Hollywood works just like any other any other business you have yep. to have the skill set you have to connect with the people that are making the decisions and you have to have the tools available to market yourself in that field so I'm totally in I'm totally have the acting bug a friend of mine is a film and TV composer He's like I saw you got the acting bug he said my condolences <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it is so it's it's really tough you know what I mean but if you right. go in with a swinging and you study your craft and you have um, the tools you're going to beat out like 80% of the other people that are like, oh, yeah, I like I tend to bar and I, you know, and I take acting lessons once a week and they don't have the right tools and they don't show up on time. They don't have the basic business. You're going to totally pass them up in right. anything that you want to do. Right. You know? So, right.
0: It's and that's the thing. I it's like, like a lot of the people that aren't doing the work for anything. It's easy to pass those people and then you- if you don't do the
1: work it ain't gonna happen right. very very rarely does somebody just gonna give you something it's not gonna land in your lap right you got to roll up your sleeves and have that commitment and cultivate the relationships while you're doing it have an amazing attitude develop the skill set and be hungry for that success and that for me has been a you know a lifelong process and uh, and it's a timeless thing you know I mean you know, of course, youth is a very sexy thing in, in the entertainment industry, but uh, there's a job for everyone at every level of their – at every stage of their career. You know, it's like I'm always going to work because I can go to Vegas and I can read shows. I can go to Broadway and I can read shows. I can start subbing for friends right now on Broadway. I have friends who are doing it, and they know, hey, if you ever want to do this, I'll get you on the sub list. It's like, you know, I can't do it right now because of my schedule. But And then if there was cruise ships – you know sign me up I can be the drummer on the in the main showroom because I can read and I can play all the styles and I can play with the click track and if they need me to double on percussion I could do that too right so it's kind of right. good to know you don't know what's around the corner in life but to have that confidence that there is a, a base skill set that'll work for you around the globe you know because I can go anywhere yeah there's a language barrier but I can go to Japan I I can go to Japan and work they love American musicians mm-hmm. What if I wanted to live abroad for a while and you know, um, be in Italy and eat that amazing food and <laughs> soak up that, you know what I mean? Soak up that culture and play with Italian musicians. Um, that skill set will transfer
0: anywhere mm-hmm. in life. Do you anywhere. think it'll ever be? Do you think you'll ever be out of, out of playing as a full time thing? And no, no, I'm a, I mean
1: when I wake up in the morning, I am a drummer. You know what I mean? I'm a drummer. Uh, I'm just exploring some interesting options because when you hear the stories of like you know Keanu Reeves moving to Los Angeles and he's he's a bass player and Johnny Depp was a guitar player and John Stamos was a drummer mm-hmm. and you know it's it's there's no reason to not be able to pursue all uh, facets of the entertainment business. You right. Know
0: what I, mean? I, I have a I have a big interest in in
1: doing some stuff while I'm out there too in Hollywood. So. Oh, you might as well. I mean, it's it's your, it's if you live in Nashville long enough, you're going to start writing songs. Right. if you live in Los Angeles long enough you will start to act right. you will do something you will do voiceover you will you will act you'll be a bit player I have good friends who um, do um, just background acting and they make a great wage and there's a pension and everything and you yeah. never have to open your mouth right sometimes all you have to do is be in a, in a, in a, in a in a set and a restaurant eating food and pretending like you like the person you're with right it's like okay. yep not a big. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I I need to be more upfront in the action, you know, give I, me I a like bit.
0: the creative side. I'm actually, you yeah. know, actually creating the the content. That's one thing with Drummers Resources that I realized how much I mean, I love, you know, cutting records and 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 all that, but I love just creating content in general, you know. Yeah. Some sort of entertaining content to me
1: is I don't know why, I just Really love doing it, so I'm like, well. Yeah, you can go to UCLA and take one of their continuing education, um, you know, sc- script script writing, script analysis, script writing classes, and that's a whole art unto itself as well. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, then think about it. That's a whole industry unto itself. You have a great idea. You learn how to put it down on paper, and then what am I going to do with this thing? You have to pitch the script to somebody. You have to get it to a gatekeeper just like in Nashville. I've been writing songs every Monday Tuesday Wednesday I write songs. I've been mm-hmm. writing songs for 4 years and I had some great experiences as a result, learned a whole new craft and and you have you, I mean you've had some great success with the with I've had some I've got yeah the somebody in Holland cut my song, a couple people in Canada cut my song, South America couple, uh, I had two number one songs in Australia, a lot of international cuts which were which are really cool. Right. You know, getting the big, you know, crossover uh, country number one smash in the United States is a difficult thing. Right.
0: So you're um, saying these God. tunes are your individual tunes, or
1: with your, or with your writing team? With my co-writes. Team. Yeah. My, uh-huh. I'm definitely a co-writer. I I don't think I'll ever. I don't necessarily have the interest or the talent at this point, you know, um, to sit down and to be a good enough guitar player to be a troubadour and go like, uh, you know, write songs completely by myself and go right. play the Bluebird Cafe. Right. That's not my path. But as far as like a creative person who did really well in English class. Right is well read, um, I'm coming at it more of like the Neil Peart stance of like, you know, storytelling lyrics, and as a producer, big picture. I'm in the room with um, somebody who has great melody and plays a great guitar, and another person who has a, is really fast at Pro Tools and has a great singer. And by the end of the day, we've got an amazing demo right. of a song that we wrote that can stand up to anything that else is happening. But then the challenge is, what do we do now? We have an MP3, we have little zeros and ones that are all kind of compressed into this little file and how do we get this to somebody who's going to listen to it and then actually give it to a recording artist and have that recording artist cut the song right so right. the challenge that's where the that's where your you you know just your business savvy and your relationships kick in otherwise you've just spent 4 hours of your life creating something that no one will ever hear right right Right? so i want to i, I want
0: to ask you one question and then i want to open it up to the to the everybody who's uh, attending so what do you what do you think is the best way to cultivate these relationships? Because it's we always talk about it. Because I think you and I are really good at cultivating relationships. So, uh,
1: well, yeah, when I met you, you went out of your way, drove into the city, and met me at the Drummers. I did a, uh, a clinic at the Drummers' Collective Must have been yeah, four years ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm due for another one, and I, I can come into the city, and and, and you know, eat you should some good food. You should. You should.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like I think that it for some people comes naturally, and for some people it doesn't. So, what's what's some advice that you have for people of of trying to get to those people who, not necessarily the gatekeepers, but the people that are working with the gatekeepers, the people that are operating at Mm -hmm. uh,
1: the level above you? um, You know, the first thing you got to do is just get a gig. It's like it's like the funniest thing. Like, how do you get your how do you get a gig? Well, you get a gig, right? And then it's like, okay, I. I broke the seal. People people go, alright, he's good enough to hold this chair down. And People start talking, and the best advertising you could ever do is just killing that gig, and people are going to see you. Now, now you're in the system. You're part of the fabric of Nashville. Like when I moved to Nashville, there's a world-class recording art uh, drummers like Eddie Barris and Lonnie Wilson. I gave them my demo tape. They were kind enough to listen to it, and of course, 20 years later, I call these people my friends I see them at mixers and cocktail parties and dinners and and we hug each other and I was like thank you so much for being kind to me you know when I moved to town they gave it a listen and their advice was you're going to do great just get involved like get involved in the scene which meant for me Going to singer songwriter nights, crashing parties, going to open mics, asking people to sit in, um, answering ads in the back of the Nashville scene, and of course now we have Craigslist. You go and you do these crazy auditions and um, and and just cold calling people. Like some people don't have that bone, but I was like, I was hunger. I had, I was hungry to get involved in the music scene in Nashville, so I called everybody in the Yellow Pages that anything to do with the music business, so I moved to Nashville on a Tuesday, and by Saturday, I was booked. I had my first gig, wearing the monkey suit, I was playing in a society band, you know, where you play brushes, and then by the dessert, you're playing, like, Motown, and and disco, and stuff, and that was never a dream of mine, I'd already done that millions of times, and paid my bills doing that, but I was willing to continue to do that, um... Open the door to Nashville so I can start meeting people. And if you look at any time you have a a, a network of, of individuals, it comes from meeting that very first person right. and being approachable and being kind and doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And they will start to talk. And good news tra- good news travels very fast, uh, but not as fast as bad news. Right? You know what I mean. Right. So you have to always be operating at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. You
0: know, one thing that I that I've told people, and without exaggerating, I've probably emailed slash cold called a, a thousand people, fifteen hundred people. Yeah. You know, just like oh, I mean, like I, cold to appear on the show, just in general, well, just in the business. But like, you know, yeah. that's how I grew Drummers Resource. I just constantly, constantly cold. I mean, that's how you and I met. I I emailed you out of the blue, like, hey, man, you have no yeah, know I mean,
1: who I am, but let's. You can't fear. Rejection. You have to embrace it and love it and give it a name and give it a leash and feed it. And, and you know, rejection is just part of this thing, you know? Right. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. I was rejected three times uh, doing auditions in Nashville. I auditioned for Dina Carter, Barbara Mandrell, and um, and Trisha Yearwood. Um And now I see these people, and I get the, how are you doing? Oh, great to see you. I knew you would do well. I wasn't the right drummer for them at the time, and maybe it was just because I didn't live in Nashville. I was coming in from another city, auditioning for their job, and they said, where do you live? And I was like, oh, Dallas, Texas. You know, like, eh, you know, must be present to win. So as soon as I relocated to Nashville, um, it's really funny. Uh, Last night I was talking to a friend, and he said, he goes, I know personally – Eight drummers that have moved to Nashville because you encouraged them to move to Nashville. I said, "Oh my God, I, I hope I'm not responsible for laying out a sea of broken dreams, you know, because there 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 or is great risk." Eight people gunning for your gig. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, and I don't care because it's like it's all apples and oranges. Like they have to, they're at the beginning of their journey, like where I was in 1997, right. and I don't envy them because it's going to be a, such a climb. Uh, but it could happen for them in five minutes. It could for ha- happen for them in five years. Right. You never know. They say it's a five-year town. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, any anywhere or most towns saturated you know with musicians all gunning for the same thing, but that's just that one person and I know that I've been very encouraging to a lot of people I just try to make myself available because like I just remember how Eddie and Lonnie made themselves available to me And I try to take it even one step further where it's like oh can we get coffee? Oh, can you give me your cell phone number? And I just do it you know because if I can help that person shave off a year two years five years of their journey because they are not making mistakes right or they're they're doing the right thing. Um, that feels good.
0: I mean I mentioned people. this in, in the podcast when I interviewed you. Oh my god, that was almost almost three years ago. But when you and I first met, I, I emailed you and you emailed me back and I, I don't know what happened. I didn't get back to you. Then you emailed me again and you're like, dude, I thought you wanted to talk. So then <laughs> – so then I email you back, and then the I think it was like the fourth email. It was like, hey man, we're playing in East Rutherford, and a bunch of my friends are going out to to grab some sushi. If you want to come join us, and we can talk drums. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but it was like, you know. So so I just want to back up what you're saying that like you talk yeah. the talk, but you walk the walk too. You do do these things and and go out of your way to to. Well, to thanks, help. man. It's just you like, know, it, we're
1: we're today, you we're know? creative spirits, man, and we're all in this together, and we're all trying to. Hit things with sticks and pay our bills because it makes us happy. And if we can help each other out in the process, I will say that drummers, for the most part, are the the most incredible fraternity of people. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a, a I am ai can not make the NAM show this year, but that is such a great time. You know, usually I'm good for every other year, but that's such a great way to. If an, if no one has ever gone to the NAM show in Anaheim, you should go. It's worth its weight in gold, and and the relationships that you'll develop will pay for your hotel and your plane ticket time and time and time again probably in the first hour right right you
0: know totally agree so let's get to some questions uh the first one is from anthony who said hey rich it's been great viewing your videos on the road unbelievable energy my question is would you talk about how you handle the business side of music which we touched on most of that um but it's like contracts negotiating fees etc
1: oh contracts negotiating, yeah um yeah, the negotiation thing is, you know, as a general rule, you, sh- you start high with the, with the, you know, knowing that you're probably going to have to come down. Um, the, the earlier you are in your career, the less negotiating power you have. So if you're working for somebody and they've got a laundry list of drummers, let's just say it's a society band or a weekend warrior band. You play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's one of the best bands in, say, your town. Um, so the drummer is leaving and... They're gonna have open auditions, and they go, "Hey, this gig pays 80 bucks at clubs, um, 150 for weddings, and 225 for corporate parties." And you're new at this, and you're at the beginning of your career, and you say, "Sounds great." You shake on it. There's no paper. You do the gig. As you stay longer with the gig, and they're loving what you're doing, you could say, "Hey, can I get 100 for parties, one?" 75, you know, you can ask for a raise maybe six months in or a year in or something like that um, Big gigs depends on what circle you're in like in Los Angeles They will pay you a weekly rate So if you go out with Miley Cyrus, they're gonna pay you a weekly rate and depending on where you are in your career You may be able to negotiate, but sometimes they just say this is what it pays kid yes or no and in Nashville It's pretty much um, everybody knows each other and there's an expectation about what a major label artist is going to pay before their first single is released, when their first single is re- released, and as their career develops, what that thing is going to pay. So all the lawyers, managers, business managers, accountants, and musicians are kind of in the know of what these general numbers are. And you just kind of go, go in going, thank you, and then you you do it. And, and um uh, you don't usually sign paper. You know, a lot of things in this industry are between, on the musician side of things are on a handshake, whereas um, legal contracts, record deals, publishing deals are usually... Uh, there's ink and there's entertainment lawyers involved. So um, you have to know when that you can negotiate and when you can just say, thank you so much. It's great to have... I'm grateful for this job in the music industry and you can use it to grow your reputation... And your relationships and help you climb the ladder.
0: you know cool. Uh, so the next question is from Maria. Hi Maria, how are you? Good to see you Hi, or, Maria. To, good to, to know that you're here, I guess I should say. Uh, she said, rich, how do you prepare mentally for a concert and who are some of your biggest influencer heroes? Nice. Uh, mentally.
1: Um, we just did a, um, a four-day rehearsal, so we did two days with our band alone, and then we did um, half a day with ourselves, and then an evening with Jason, and then we had another run-through with Jason with all the toys and lights and lasers and fun things, and then oh, last night was opening night, and opening night is usually I've got a set list, and there's things that are highlighted and sharpie, and I've got little glasses and little asterisks and things to remind me of, of Moments to hit it's like like an actor. It's like hit your mark and deliver your line right and get out and go home And so for me same thing like I've been playing these songs for so long as a band We've got a lot of muscle memory So what we do at the beginning of each year is we might put a little facelift or a little intro or a little Connective tissue between two songs we might create a medley and that's exactly what happened And last night We hit our marks everybody was in the moment. We had a magical time Da da, jazz hands we high five each other. It's a great thing. Um, consistently, I um, 90 minutes before the show, I will do some stretching. I'll get the sticks in my hands. I'll do some air drumming as I'm chatting with the band. We have a little area where we all can kind of warm up and vibe with each other. And I always have a practice pad. I have my little Prologix practice pad, man. So, like, I get that thing going. I'm doing singles. I'm doing doubles. I'm doing paradels. I'm doing flams. Any kind of, like, rudimental combinations to get loose, get my feet involved. And... um, you know, mentally, it's just like, maybe just like a little prayer, like, you know, to myself, I'm grateful for this, God, thank you for this, I'm going to go knock this out of the ballpark for you, I have a responsibility to these people, and then additionally, um, it's my responsibility in our band every night to do a, we do a little bit of a toast, and I have to come up with something kind of eloquent, and I never plan it, and and it's fun because I get to work on my um, improvisational comedic chops um, every night, and then we we hit the stage, and, and I just try to be in the moment for those, those 90 minutes, and if I start thinking about, oh my God, I'm out of almond milk, and I forgot to pay that bill, and I got to take the car in for the tune-up, I got to quickly get myself back on track and get myself back into the moment, but uh, that's my ritual, 90 minutes before, stretch, rudiments, prayer, toast stage hit the stage cool uh
0: brian shepherd asks uh when you're talking about reading music are you referring to the national number system or style charts
1: i'm talking about reading dot 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 rhythms man you've got to be able to read hardcore rhythms if you hear me go dot 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 one and two and three and a you got to be able to sing it count it, write it out. If you see it written, you've got to be able to execute it. And when you start reading drum set music, it takes it one step further because you're actually taking rhythms that are voiced between five different voices. You know, So if Greg Vicinette or Vinnie Caluta goes in to read the Born Supremacy 4 and there's a chart that's 20 pages long and there's an orchestra on the floor, they are having to, without seeing a piece of music, read this stuff. Mm-hmm. and money is being spent you know hundreds of thousands of dollars are being spent and that's a major responsibility so to not even take it that far but say you just you're playing a community theater and or you're you're doing a jingle or you're playing on a cruise ship or you're backing up a comedian um you're going to have to read music like real westernized music the nashville number system is a, a an abbreviated interesting kind of um, shorthand it 's been around since the '50s, and of course, I always pick my buddy's book, Jim Riley wrote a great book on it called The National Number System. You can go to nationalvillenumbersystem.com get the book, um, book. it 's just a great way of writing out the harmonic structure of a song, and, and we can very easily at 10 a.m in the morning hear a song for the first time, and has nothing to do with drums. It has everything to do with the harmony and the, the nuts and bolts of a song. But if there's a specific rhythm that the producer or the songwriter wants me to do or that I think is appropriate, I write it in above the numbers, and that allows me to execute the song quicker because the hot seat in Nashville is the drums. The drums have to get their take first before everyone else. So actually being able to read westernized rhythmic notation is worth its weight in gold, and you don't necessarily have to take drum set lessons. Go and get affordable lessons with the local drum set, te- the drum teacher, and just pull the snare drum out. It's just you, two sticks, a snare drum, him, and the syncopation for the modern drummer by Ted Reed book, the modern reading text by Louis Belson, um, maybe the Alfred snare drum method. You start working on reading rhythms, and then when you start listening to the radio, you'll start hearing specific things, and before you know it, you'll be counting the rhythms in your head. Like, chin, 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 one and two and three and four and. And um, I've written out so many charts in my career that it's almost like I can't listen to music for fun anymore because I'm actually charting right. out the chart in my head, which is a great skill because you can play in more bands. There was one year I was in 27 bands at the same time because they knew that I had the charts. And I could come oh. in and I could put them on my floor, Tom Case, and just Make it look like I was a full-time member of the band. And also, you can save the day. Every opening act that has been on our tour for the last decade, I have filled in for the drummer on the opening act. Because he gets married, someone gets sick, he gets sick, and they go, Rich, you're on, man. You're on tonight. It's 4 in the afternoon. Drummer broke his foot. You're on at 7 o'clock. And I write everything out.
0: Didn't, isn't there a video floating around of you hearing a song for the first time and charting it real quick, and then they play it back and you play through the whole tune?
1: Yeah, that's real. It was not edited. The guy – I actually went to my friend's house. Guy, rest his soul, he, he passed away um, since then. But I went to his studio and he said, all right, Mr. Tough Guy, I'm going to give you a song you've never heard it before in your life. I want you to chart it out. I'm going to film it, and then I want you to walk over to my drums. They're all set up, ready to go. And I want you to play the track and read your chart. And it worked out great. It was just really cool, like indie, you know, corduroy wearing rock band kind of, right. you know, thing. And, and, and it was really fun music and I, I had a really good day and it was all caught on camera. It was really kind of pretty cool. Where, where can, Do you know where that is on YouTube? You know what? I'll find that link. I'm. I it's floating around.
0: Um, Just find the link and, and email email to me, and I'll put it in the show notes for this. If you okay, can. great. All right, yeah. Uh, so the next question is: I find that when I practice alone, my timing is steady, but when I go to play with other musicians, it fluctuates. How do I fix this?
1: Yeah, because they're not steady. <laughs> do <you know> that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that? No, <laughs> no but um, he said all, all you do is look at the bass player, blame it on him. Everybody on the stage is responsible for time, right? But the. Main responsibility falls on the drummer. So you have to be able to get enough experience playing in bands and learn from yourself, and you learn by audio taping yourself and videotaping yourself. And you can get a Zoom recorder, you can get a GoPro camera, you can get all these things on Craigslist, loose used, eBay. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. Am I rushing? Am I dragging? Am I playing too much? Am I playing too little? Am I stepping on the vocal? All sorts of things you're going to learn about your playing. It's worth its weight in gold. But um, A lot of people these days play with click tracks, so if I'm playing with musicians and I really, say we're doing a showcase, and I'm just meeting these musicians for the first time, and the time is a little crazy, sometimes I'll just have a little tamar rhythm watch and I'll put like a little click in my left ear, and I'll at least get the reference and play with it for a little bit, and then shut it off, and I'll check myself on the bridge, or if they're really not the greatest or they're super young and inexperienced, I will Maybe play with the click the whole time. The key is to not make it sound like you're playing with a click. The click is your friend. I just pretend it's like a really good percussionist that's playing claves or woodblock or shaker or something like that. We have to sound like we're playing together. So um, play a lot with click tracks. Play a lot with recordings. Play a lot with musicians. And record yourself and audio and video record yourself and you will learn a lot about your playing. But experience is the greatest teacher when it comes to playing time, you know. Time doesn't have to be perfect, but I think that as a general rule the expectations for how solid a drummer needs to be have definitely gone up in the last 15 years because most music now is recorded And gritted and made to sound perfect, so the public's perception of time and younger musicians' perception of time has changed to where it is super super solid. But then you go back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and you listen to the, the birth of rock and roll, and you listen to songs like Honky Tonk Women, and it's Zeppelin. It's definitely more elastic. And then the new and then new wave hit. And then it all started to get more locked down. Right. So you just have to be almost like a character actor, where you know this is the role. This is the role of what drummer you're going to play on this particular song, right? So if you're going to play a Devo, you know, whip it. You're supposed to sound like a machine. If you play Honky Tonk Women, you're supposed to sound like a young British rocker, and things are loose, and maybe you've had two or three whiskeys, and that's that sound. It's a different sound. Right,
0: perfect. Uh, Joe asks, uh, "Rich, you're always booking different things in every town you end up in, like writing sessions or public speaking engagements. How do you manage your time on a show day, and does it make
1: uh, your day more hectic adding all that in?" Yeah, definitely hectic. Well, it's definitely um, great question. Thank you. Uh, You know, idle time is the devil's playground. You know what I mean? That's why a lot of musicians and creative performers that tour for a living end up with addiction problems because there's too much time on your hand, especially, you know, I just woke up in a new town. I was on a you know, million-dollar tour bus. I had my Keurig. Uh, I walked into the venue. There's a dressing room. There's a caterer, and I don't have to play until 9.30 this evening. That's a lot of time. So if I don't have a hobby, if I'm not reading, if I'm not working out, if I'm not practicing, what am I going to be doing? What am I going to do? So I just started thinking of like things that I could actually do to a help humanity, help um, do some philanthropical things, and um, how can I actually, you know, make some make some extra money on the road here? That's always money always helps in life. It's not everything, but um, you know, I wouldn't have been able to treat myself to this very stylish jacket if I didn't go <laughs> work you know we got to go do things and it's there's nothing wrong with a little capitalism and being able to take your platform your brand your skill set and and be successful at, in life it's it's you shouldn't be ashamed of success you know it's something that you should strive for and um be very proud of yourself for so the public speaking thing is really really fun it came i think pretty natural to me because my friends say i have the gift of gab and i love microphones give me a microphone and i'm i love it and if I can go and I can talk to kindergartners or a group of a thousand eighth graders and and tell, tell them about not doing drugs and finding something that they're passionate about in life, you know, because I was lucky. I found my passion as a very young man, and then the, the police came out with a record called Synchronicity in 1982, and I was off to the races. I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life, and I had to hustle, and I had the follow through. Not everybody's like that. Some people need a little bit of prodding. They need a little bit of inspiration. They need some motivation. And if I could provide that, I'm happy to play that role. You know, so yeah, the day goes by a lot faster when you have activities. Um sure. I'm reading about twelve different books on acting right now. I'm memorizing lines for some scenes for my acting coach that I've got to do. I'm actually filming three scenes um for my next acting reel that I'm filming in February. So I'm playing like a dirty cop. I'm doing like a big broad kind of like Big Bang Theory comedy scene, and I'm doing a dark comedy scene where I'm a drummer and I'm fighting with my guitar player buddy, and we're like, "Yeah, you only know three chords. What the? Yeah, well, yeah, well, you suck." You know, we're going to be fighting, but it's kind of going to be comfortable because I'm going to be behind a set of drums. Nice. So, so I'm working on that. And then there's always things, man. You know, you know, booking the clinics and trying to get my exercise and trying to smell the roses and. You know, I, there's two new bands out on tour with us this year. We've got a, a band called The Thousand Horses that is killing. We've got Thomas Rhett, who we had two years ago, and he's got a killing band. And there's so many cool people to hang out with out here. And so some of the guys go play ice hockey. Some of the guys go work out. Some of the guys go and play basketball. So just try to stay busy and stay um, focused on the important things in life. And then after the show, if I want to have a glass of red wine, then I do it without um, – I do it without shame because I had a hell of a day um, and you play a great show, you know, so you're very productive throughout the day. You do a great show, you do your job and then you relax a little at the end of the night and then you get six hours sleep if you can and it's time to do it all over again. (laughs) So it's fun, you know, great advice.
0: So as you may know, Mapex is an advertiser on this podcast and I had a phone call with them the other day about their new products that they have coming out, and they wouldn't tell me what was going on. They actually put me on mute on the call while we were talking about this because they didn't want to release sensitive information. But here's what I do know. It's going to be amazing. And also, it's going to be revolutionary. They're introducing six or seven revolutionary ideas when it comes to drum building in terms of sound, in terms of isolation, in terms of resonance, all kinds of crazy stuff going on here. I just don't know exactly what it is yet. But you can follow the conversation by going to Maypex's Instagram page or just search the hashtag built from the sound up. It's going to be great. We all know that even though we sit at the back of the stage, the band revolves around us. We're the drummers. We set the tempo, the intensity, and most importantly, the tone. And the easiest way to set that tone is with Evan's drum heads with Level 360 technology. Level 360 technology, Evan's drum heads fit perfectly across the shell to allow for increased tension to help you find that sweet spot. Plus, they take you well beyond the normal tuning ranges for higher highs and lower lows. So now the sound that you want will always be the sound that you get. For more info, check them out. Go to evansdrumheads.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, now more from Rich Redman. Gary asks, or well, he says, hey, Rich, I really like listening to your podcast and interview. I really want to ask you, how many years did you spend doing lower level gigs, like club dates, cover bands, before you got the bigger touring gigs? Should I be saying yes to 50 and $60 gigs? Should I still be should I still be working on cruise ships if I feel
1: the gig wouldn't lead to touring work? Sorry for such a loaded question. Oh, yeah. It's a great one, my friend. Um, you know, we were just talking about this today. It's really funny. When I moved to Nashville, me, Tully, our bass player, and Kurt, um, we, I, we've we been playing together for sev- 16 years together. Um, 16, yeah, maybe 16 and a half years together. Same rhythm section. Uh, we were all up for the main showroom gig on the brand new Disney Cruise Line gig in 1997. And so we all auditioned at different times, and we were all offered the position. So we would all have actually met each other two years earlier and played on the Disney Cruise Line and made a lot of money. Um, But I had just moved to Nashville, so our bass player, Tully, went out and did it and made a ton of money and got tons of experience and got to see these exotic places. And I stayed in Nashville and... Waited tables and parked cars and did freebie gigs and took those 30 and 40 and $50 gigs. Sometimes I made $8 playing for tips down on Lower Broadway, and then I'd have to get up in the morning and go be a substitute teacher. So it's interesting. Everything happens for a reason. We ended up meeting two years later um, with Jason, playing with Jason. Um, but we could have actually done that cruise ship gig together. But my, my answer to that question is to say yes to absolutely everything until you can – Afford to say no, and for me, that was as that was as late as maybe five years ago. And I'm in my midlife, so I said yeah. yes to nearly everything right, for right. twenty years. Um, but the low-level stuff uh, now, I can do low-level stuff if I want to. I can go play the coffee house if I want to because I see that I love the chick singer songs or I love that they make a really mean panini there <laughs> and I'm going to go play my djembe or my cajon, you know. Right. Um, when you're starting out, you do those gigs because, A, it's a great way to develop your craft. You're playing music. You're being seen and heard playing music, and you're meeting the other musicians. So it's a win-win. Right. Uh, I hear a lot of young musicians coming from the Berkleys and the MIs that are moving to Nashville. They're like, I would never play on Lower Broadway. It's beneath me, they say. I go, really? You're 19 years old, you're 20 years old, and you're not going to go play a body of work called country music and meet other musicians and work on your craft and be seen doing your craft as opposed to being a barista at Starbucks or driving Uber? I would rather go play my drums. So I would say yes to everything. It will help you, though, to say yes to everything in a major market. If you're saying yes to things in New York, Los Angeles, Nashville, and if you want not as uh, not as big of a market would be Seattle, Seattle, Chicago, Miami, Austin. I consider those secondary markets, and maybe people will kill me for saying that, but I just don't think there's enough machinery in those markets. Whereas you come to Nashville, and you're saying yes to everything, and it's actually leading to something in an industry town. Right. Well I know Gary lives in LA, so yeah. So say yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Say yes, say yes to everything in that town. You know why? Because you know, you can go play, you could spend, you could play Armenian music in Glendale, you can go play, you know, Persian music over here and you could play like odd time rock and you're doing singer-songwriter stuff over at the Hotel Cafe and then you I mean there's like smooth jazz stuff that's happening. That's a really fun town. I mean, yeah. there's probably reggae happening. There's probably cumbia bands happening, uh, tribute bands. It's just it's a nice mix of music out there because it's such so multicultural. Yeah, and you can really freelance out there in a serious way. You
0: know. There Very you cool. have it, Gary. Uh, next question is from Scott. He said, "Are you using any
1: new gear on this tour?" Um. Yeah, for the gearheads out there, I'm actually using um, a drum set that I used not last year but the year before. So sometimes I rotate drum sets um, to keep the look fresh. So it's a, it's a beautiful DW Collector's black sparkle with the white satin hardware. It's probably the, the most handsome drum set I've ever had. And, and I've experimented with different colors, but I really don't know why. I don't know if you can tell, but I just like black. I got black hair. I wear black clothes. I got sticks that are coming out from Promark that are black. I play black drums. I just love the color. you know. Um, it just works for me. I think it's a handsome color. Um, been with Remo you know, since 1993, they believed in me, and um, Sabian, like over 10 years now. And it's just really, really great stuff. Um, last couple years, I, I have two hi-hats, which is really fun because you can play on these other hi-hats and really get some... You know some height there, right? On the um, the left, the left hand blow out your rotator cuff. I got the S P D S X. Everybody should get the SPD SX. I think it's one of the greatest inventions in the percussion industry in the last 10 years, easily. Between the built-in sounds and the ability for you to use it as a click track and you to start and stop Ableton and all that kind of stuff, pretty amazing. So, pretty much my standard rig: uh, bing, bong, boom. Three three big toms, big kick drums, snare drum, no side snare, basic. Ride China two crashes, you know. So basically, it's a combination of Ringo and Bonham kind of together. Cool. Uh,
0: next question. Uh, he said it's from Michael Rafter. He said, "Oh yeah,
1: uh, OC regards, drummer, baby."
0: He said, "In regards to Nam, I'll be there. And what specifics would you suggest to network and build the best relationships?"
1: You know, people can see a like an overeager, I just want to go through, a, burn through a thousand business cards type of guy coming from a mile away. But if you're just on the showroom floor and you're visiting the people that you know, and the main thing is to is to talk to the people that are supporting you already. So the my main goal in going to NAM is to go visit with the people that have been supporting me with for 28 years. You know, right. and go say hello and see the new products and see what's going on with their life and maybe snap a couple of photos and say, Hey, you want to go get one of those horrible crusty pretzels and a Diet Coke? Let's go do it. Or by the toilet. Yeah. By the toilet. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's just fun. And then as far as like, uh, Developing new relationships, yeah, just go to the booth, check out the product, see if it resonates with you. A lot of times it's the CEO of the company or the or the, the product designer or the inventor that's right there, and so you can pick his brain, and it's always an interesting story and it's not cheap to go to NAM i mean you you develop first of all it's not cheap to develop a product you know you go from right. so you go from design to like oh my god where am i going to manufacture this oh i got to go to china oh is it an american product it's going to cost more money but i want to keep it american and then you need the marketing tools and then you got to buy the booth at nam which is not cheap so i really respect a lot of these up and coming manufacturers you know that 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 have a new widget or a fun idea to uh to promote. It's a great thing. And then there's all sorts of concerts there and check out the clinics. And, um, yeah, it's just a great way to put a name and a face with products that you use or would like to use. I think the, the hotel
0: hangs are really important too.
1: Like going yeah, the to the hotel bar. hangs, you know, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, there's yep. going to be some serious, um, cocktailing going on. So be careful. Yep. <laughs> uh so uh
0: jeremy simpson what's up jeremy uh he said one of the bands i play with asked me to be more animated and connect more with the audience i play with in-ears and a click and i'm not an a quote-unquote out there kind of guy any tips for bringing <laughs> me out of my shell and playing the gig or when playing the gig huh
1: um well you don't want it to be forced you know it's like i feel like the drums and any musical instrument are kind of like an extension of your personality so the people out there that think I'm actually working on making my Lon Chaney Man of a Thousand Faces faces on purpose, you're silly. And he, because these faces that I make that people are like, oh, he's so hard to watch because you can't even get a picture of him because he's making all these weird faces. I don't know, man. I'm just playing my instrument. I'm playing my instrument. I'm, I'm going to a special place that you go to when you play music. And whatever happens is whatever happens because I've yep. tried to be more – Stoic and just do the job and execute. And I don't sound good. I'm not that's not my true self, you know, and music is about you know, kind of emoting and communicating. and And some of these other things that i that I do that are visual are just a result of me. I was in a marching band for eight years. I did four years in high school, four years in college. and I, they're just kind of like regurgitated things that I use to kind of like be a little bit more showy. And there are also things that I started doing when we were playing for five drunk people at the bar because our goal was to make those five drunk people tell their friends so the next show there would be 50 drunk people and then 500 and then 5,000. And it took a decade to do that. Was my animation part of that process? Yes. Is it the key to the success? I don't know. It's it's definitely part of it. We're, We're a band. We're a team. And it's always kind of fun to, like, bring people into your world. Look at Keith Moon. Couldn't take your eyes off the guy. Right. You know what I mean? Was he the most technically proficient drummer? No, he was the perfect drummer for the who. And you couldn't take your eyes off the guy. Right. So if that's not really in your wheelhouse or in your personality, that's okay. And tell the guys in your band, look it, I'm playing the way I need to play. Am I solid? Am I doing my job as a drummer? Am I showing up? Am I playing the parts? If the answer is yes then I'm giving you the best that I can do without being insincere and false and not true to myself. So if you want to buy a mirror and you want to try to steal some things, go check out some old heavy metal videos from the 80s and steal a couple of things, but maybe just don't go as broad. You know, those get, you know, hit in their head and all the China's behind them right. and stuff. Like I never bought into that, but there's little subtle moves you can do to, to up the – Communication with the audience. Right. If you feel it's something that you want to do. If you don't and it doesn't come across naturally, it's okay. I totally
0: agree with you on that. Uh, so Chris wrote in, uh, what were some of your most pivotal moments in your career that really helped you launch your success in the entertainment industry?
1: Yeah, thank Oh, great question. Um, you know, I just tell everybody it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you're looking for overnight success, you are in the wrong industry. If you love playing music and you love The industry of music and the craft and the climb you have to enjoy the you have to enjoy the journey and it was my career was just so incrementally slow one gig leading to a better gig oops but there's a really crappy gig that I did oh but I met that person and then oh it turned into this and so just always trying to be at the top of your game um, is going to Help get you more work, and the work leads to work. And, um, but as far as like a moment, an aha moment, I don't know. Obviously, moving to Nashville. Of course, getting the gig with the one o'clock lab band was. I always wanted to do that. So I at North Texas State was like a professional collegiate level drum. Uh, Big band, kind of like if you saw the movie Whiplash, okay, so that was a goal. I learned a lot doing that. Then I moved into Dallas, Texas, and there was a band called Random Access that did all the cool stuff in town. I wanted to get that gig. I got that gig. When I felt like I had peaked in that market, I said, what's it going to be, New York, LA, Nashville? I relocated to Nashville. Getting that gig on that Saturday night was a step in the right process. And then I met a guy named Rick Orasco, who I'm still friends with, um, and he hired me to play in his band, and we t- we went to 14 countries playing gigs for the U.S. military. And then I met Curtin Tully, and we started working with Jason Aldean. And then I met Tim Rushlow, and we had a record deal with two radio hits, and uh, we were on the cover of magazines, and we were shooting music videos. And it was all these steps in the process. And then you get to enjoy things like backing up Brian Adams and Joe Perry and Kid Rock coming out and singing Cowboy with you and backing up Bob Seger and then having a song that you play on go number 1 on the charts it's like wow some people work their whole career to to hit some of these milestones and yeah. so am I grateful yes did i put in the work yes yeah. so i think it's the work goes hand in hand with opportunities you create your own opportunities um But it's been amazing, and I am just getting started.
0: (laughs) I like it. It reminds me of um, – I interviewed Nate Morton from The Voice, and he said you know, he looks at success like walking across a bridge, but you're building the bridge
1: as you're walking across it. Yeah. Oh, Nate is such a sweet, kind soul. I love that guy. Such a good player. Can play anything, and he reads music, and he has his own charts, charting system. So if you think – that he's playing for 60 million people on television, and he's trying to memorize everything. You are misinformed. Right. So. Right. A
0: yeah. uh, couple of quick, other, quick questions for you. So, uh, Ruben Lee asks, "How do you find time to practice different genres? For example, for example, jazz and funk. Is it better to master one?" then move on to the other, or do, try to do it all
1: at once? Oh, man, that's a really interesting question. I think you just kind of, like, do it all at the same time, you know? It's like, you know, I started with the Jim Chapin book, you're like, ding, spam budding, spam budding, and then you're just trying to come up with every left-hand combination against the jazz ride right simple pattern, so then when you unlock that, you're like, okay, now I'm going to put every rhythm combination I can against the jazz ride right pattern with my bass drum, then I'm going to start to create combinations, and then you go to the hi-hat, and you start listening to players and you know, the best thing you could do is play some, you know, like Miles Davis, like, kind of blew that record Jimmy Cobb, and it's just like, spang, 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 you know, and getting that feel of the jazz ride right cymbal pattern and everything being based on triplets. Now, funk, everything is not, it isn't even about the snare drum, it's nice to have that super backbeat, but it's about the kick drum, it's like, you know, and finding that pocket, and that's got its own thing, you know, laying that snare drum back. That has its own psychology and pocket, and then jazz is more about almost like pushing the beat a little bit. It's not about laying it back for sure. It's either playing in the middle or pushing the beat forward. Um, And so both of those things, different things, you can only learn by playing along with the records and then playing with musicians that really own those styles that tell you, hey, kid, this, you know, I remember my director in the big band was like, hey, Rich, this ain't R&B, man. Let's go. Bing, 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 gutting." The only thing you have to drive 17 guys in a big band is that ride support and the hi-hat chipping away on two and four. and You're driving those guys because you're reading a chart, and they're, they're they're in their head trying to read the chart, and the time is you don't want it to pull back, right? Mm-hmm. The worst thing you could do is in the drumming is drag. I would rather you push. Right. Look at Stuart Copeland. Intensity, energy, and he's one of the most popular drummers in the world. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go ahead and rush, but you can get right. on top of the beat. There's going to be an intention. but go like go buy some old Ohio players records and meters records, and like play with that stuff and Shaka Khan, and if you want to learn funk. And then the jazz stuff, you start with some of that Miles Dave, like Kind of Blue and that kind of stuff, you know, maybe some Mel Lewis orchestra, big band stuff. Mm -hmm. You just kind of work on it all kind of at the same time. I don't think because playing any of those things is a lifetime pursuit. Right. So get good at kind of all of it, and then you'll be able to – did I ever see myself being a country and western drummer? No, I'm from Connecticut. I never thought that I would – move to Nashville and learn how to play Tammy Wynette and Merle Haggard and all that stuff. But, But I did that because it's a language and I wanted to work and I wanted to honor the tradition. So I learned how to play that particular style and that language. So when I go to play the Grand Ole Opry, which I did many, many, many times, and there's 10 feet away is where Patsy Cline sang, I feel like I belong there because I did the work. Right. I totally agree.
0: So um, I have – there's about two other questions, but I want to talk real quick to everybody who's listening now. Uh, I want to share a couple of things with them. Uh, So this is part of Drummer's Resource Pro, so I'll show you guys a little bit about this real quick. We do these live uh, Q&As every other – for the second and the fourth uh, Wednesday of the month typically but Rich we had some schedule changes um, so if you're interested in doing this with us uh, you can do them you can sign up at drummersresourcepro.com and then you can have access to all the past ones we have as well as the recordings with Rich uh, and Brian Frazier-Moore and Calvin Rogers and I have Paul Wartico coming in two weeks so uh, lots of great stuff that's that's coming up uh, so we do the twice a month master classes. all the sessions are recorded uh, so you can watch them 24-7 there's PDF summaries and action steps from this so I go through and sort of summarize everything that we talk about for you uh, there's multiple playback options so you can download the mp3 or you can watch the video uh, so if you want to listen to just the audio on the go you have that option and then artist connect there's a way that you'll be able to connect uh, with rich if you want to uh, schedule some skype stuff with him and he also does career consultations and things like that uh, And you also get the bonus uh, subscriber only drummers podcast player inside of the membership too so the that's 12.99 a month if you want to sign up it's at drummersresourcepro.com like i said you can you can join in these live calls with us and then also get the uh, get the archives as well uh, so rich i want to ask you uh, about two more questions and then from there um,
1: hey I will, nick yes. i think this is i think it's a great thing you're doing and for the audience out there to have this technology to exist you know if you're a younger musician you know, you're talking to a guy who saw pagers come in and cell phones come in. So this is like the, I the, had the technology, page. yeah, that, that we have to like connect with people and learn is unbelievable. And I think that's a great investment. So what is, what is the math? You're, you know, you got a, it's $120 a year or something. It's tax right. deductible, and you're learning face to face with drummers that are out there doing what you want to do. Madonna's drummer, Stevie Wonder's drummer. Come on, that's you
0: know. I, I totally agree. So I appreciate you uh, supporting this. So I have uh, two more questions for you. And then I want to make sure that uh, we talk about some stuff that you have coming up too for the listeners. Um, sure. So let's see. So uh, one of them was you seem to be using a lot more electronics
1: on this uh, on this tour. Is that something that's uh, that's different from yeah. before? I think it looks like that. Um, you know, it's really funny. A lot of the uh, bands are going to uh, two MacBook Pros running Ableton. Now, Ableton is a, a you know is a uh, German engineered uh, digital audio work uh, workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, Platform and it started with DJs using it and now of course everybody's using it because it's so solid to run backing tracks We don't run backing tracks like we just have a couple little drum loops and stuff And it's being fired off from the side of the stage So for me on stage the guys love this shaker sound from the alesis sr 18 the alesis sr 18 is a drum machine that you can buy probably used for 150 bucks and it's really great it's got great sounds in it so i run a shaker for a click click and they and they love it and we're addicted to it so we're not going the macbook route we're just going to like hardware so like a drum drum machines running for click and then on stage i have the Roland SPD-SX which has amazing built-in sounds and it i'm using for a song called 1994 i'm using the 808 kick the 808 claps the 808 hi hats and some a reverse um, Snare, that whole thing, which is kind of fun. Cool. And yeah, if anybody, so that's pretty much it. It looks a lot like a lot of stuff because you got to case it up, you got to set it up in a new city every day. Right. And um, then I have backup tempos in the SPDSX, and it's very great. There's, you know, it's it's just such a great workbox, man. Roland really knocked it out of the ballpark with that. You can you can upload your own wave files. Um, you can create your own loops on it. You can sample. You can use it as a click track for your band. And you can use it to start and stop tracks with any digital audio workstation. So not a whole lot of stuff. I have triggers on the kick and the toms, and I'm not using sounds out front at all. I'm actually using the triggers to open and close gates. So what's a gate? You know, dee. It'll, it'll. You can set the threshold on when a tom, you know, because toms that ring forever, fantastic. We want our drums to ring, right? But sometimes it makes it a nightmare for the front of house guy, especially if you're playing big venues. So instead of do, you get do. It'll close a little bit faster, and you can set the exact time with the triggers. Sweet. Uh, are you having a fourth annual Drummers Weekend? And fourth annual uh, Drummers Weekend. Yeah, it's going to be the last. Weekend of October um, 2016, that's this year. Wow, yeah. Um, That's a 72-hour event that happens in Nashville, and I haven't picked a lineup yet, but there's always, like, past guests have included, like, any drummer that's doing anything in Nashville, Taylor Swift's drummer, Keith Urban's drummer, Blake Shelton's drummer. Um, This last year we had... Thomas Lang. We had Mark Schulman from Pink's Band. We had Greg Morrow, who basically plays on everything you've ever heard on Nashville radio. And you're up close and personal with these guys. They do two, two and a half hour clinics. And then around that, a million other clinicians, tons of door prizes, catered meals, um, hangs with the artists. There's a hotel package. You ride, a, you ride around in a limousine. It's just a total white glove experience. It's uh, no usually no more than I don't think I would go above 22 campers because everybody gets, you know, the real, you know, amazing hands-on experience doing that. And then, and then on the third night, you're at a, a famous club in Nashville called Douglas Corner, and I'll have a world-class house band, and you will sit in with the house band in front of a paying audience, and all the proceeds from that concert go to a, a, a musical charity in Nashville. So That's awesome. It's been a great, it's been a great model. This year I'm going to be talking to Vic at Vic's Drum Shop in Chicago about doing a first annual Drummer's Week in Chicago in the summer. And um, he was just asking, what about an L.A. drummers weekend? Yeah, we're going to be doing – I really want to do it. um, Always talking to my friend Stuart Jean there at Musicians Institute. We're thinking about doing it at Musicians Institute. We just got to make sure the facility is available. And we're really looking at at April, which is coming up. So I have to see if the room is available, and I have to book the talent. Of course, booking talent in Los Angeles is never a problem. I'm going to call Nate Morton. (laughs) I'm going to call, you know, I'll call Luis Conte. I'll call the – so we'll have a fusion guy. We'll have a rock guy, maybe Jason Sutter or Matt Starr, you know, for a rock. I'll have a jazzer, and it will be a great, you know, cross-pollination of, of, of people who get the full drumming education experience there. Awesome. So, yeah, Henry Bueno was asking about that. He said I love Henry. It's all Bueno, man. That's my brother in Fresno, man. I love him.
0: Nice. Uh, so one last question. What's your
1: favorite part of the show? When you're playing. Oh, favorite part of the show is probably walking out on stage. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, this is fantastic. Look at all these people. Look at this beautiful set of drums I'm getting to play. Um, they're all my favorite moments, you know. Uh, is there a favorite song? I celebrate the whole catalog, you know. I, lo- <laughs> I love it all, you know. Walking on and walking off, and it then, of course, just being in the moment there, you know, the whole night's great. There's nothing like playing drums. There's just nothing like playing drums and doing a good job and having your band go, great job, awesome time tonight, guys, high five, you know.
0: I agree. I appreciate the office space reference as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what else, is there anything else that you have going on that you want to let
0: us know about, man? Because I know you always got stuff going on.
1: Hmm. Um, let's see. So we have this tour at 65 Dates. Um, new record, seventh record is probably going to drop late summer. Um Always booking my Crash Course for Success drumming events. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really bad about updating my website, but you can, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'm just at my name, Rich Redmond. Um, feel free to check out richredmond.com. I love that, crashcourseforsuccess.com. Um, I just got signed up with my first speakers bureau. Someone, A, a bureau called Victory Speakers is going to be representing me, and they're going to get me out there. Cool. So if you're... Um, if you have a, if a small business owner or you work in corporate America or your parents or friends work in corporate America, you can actually hire a drummer to come in and do a one-hour motivational event for them, which is really fun. How many drummers are out there doing motivational events? So, so that's kind of fun. And then I'll keep you um, informed of my acting career, what's happening. My, my, I'm trying to get an agent, which should be, should be really fun. And um, I just did a voiceover reel because I'm studying voice acting as well, and so I just um, – I have a voiceover reel with me, you know, trying trying to sell burgers and perfume and cars and insurance policies and that kind of thing. It's kind of fun, so I'll post that pretty soon. What else is happening? Got a book in the works um about how to cultivate the Nashville music business. Hopefully that'll be out soon. And oh um my DVD that I've been working on for two and a half years is yeah, called John, Drumming in the Modern World. John Sowell uh, asked my best about it. Yeah, my 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 drumming drumming in the modern world, we're very excited. It's going to be released um, in a physical form but I think we're gonna be really pimping out the digital form because all you crazy kids are are streaming everything and watching everything on your device so we're hoping before summer and if you look for my friend Eric Doris he is he's an award-winning filmmaker he did both of Todd Sukerman's award-winning uh, methods and mechanics one and two so he directed and edited the product and he's actually going to NAMM he's gonna be at NAMM on the floor on that Friday and Saturday with fifteen hundred promotional postcards in hand so if you see Eric Doris get one of these postcards and it's just tells you a little bit about the product we're very excited about the product because I'm the first drummer from the Nashville market to put out a educational DVD and I'm talking about I deconstruct all the Aldine hits um, there's 15 performances from other artists that I've worked with and this is all with five or five or seven different camera angles, including a robotic jib, which is really fun. And I talk about things like playing styles, money beats, overdubbing percussion, creating cheat charts, the Nashville number system, how to create a, a, a cue system, how to play with a click track, how to play with loops, working in a rhythm section. Just all kind of fun things that a lot of people are not talking about in their products, you know, so nice. hopefully, hopefully it'll be um well received and, and everybody will enjoy it. But I'm excited to be getting that out. Awesome,
0: man. Well, Rich, first of all I wanna just publicly, you know, thank you for everything you've done. One, to support drummers resource, two, to support and educate the the drummers out there around the world. And for everybody that's on here I encourage you to get with Rich whether he's in your town or you go, you know, go see him play or go to one of his crash events or go catch him when he's when he's speaking, it'll be well worth it and say hello to him. He doesn't just appear to be a friendly guy, he really is a friendly guy. And, uh, and he, I, like I said earlier, he, he talks the talk, but he walks the walk. So rich man. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And for any of you guys who are looking to do this on a regular basis, head over to drummersresourcepro.com and you can sign up 1299 a month. We do these live Q and a's every other week. Uh, and
1: I guess we'll sign off, man. Yeah, man. Nick, hey, big hand for you, brother. Thank you. Um, Congratulations with this. Let me know if I can help in any way. I think it's an amazing resource um, for the drumming community. Tell your friends, everybody. We're
0: going to get you back on the podcast too, which is
1: going to be cool. Yeah, we'll do the podcast. I love it. You've inspired me. I'd like to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast about um, successful people because I meet so many successful people and what are the common – Threads between people that are successful at their at, in their ventures. So I got to find the time to squeeze that in. But I'd like to do a podcast. You've inspired me. So we should, we should think, talk. about it. I got a podcast network. Hey, let's talk, let's do that. Let's let's really let's talk about that. Um, let's get on the phone after this. Good deal. You sound good, guys. Keep in touch. God bless. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Bye bye.
0: So that was my man, Rich Redman. Hope you dug it. Again, if you want to get his whole backstory and all that, you can check out. The other episodes that I did with him I did one with him way back in the day In like 2013 and then another one in 2016 And now there's this one as well So plenty of info out there Plus you can go to richredman.com And I'm guessing that most of you Or all of you already know who he is But you can check out his website richredman.com If you'd like Also we talk about a video that he sits down and charts a song in real time and then goes and records that song. And I got that video and it's on drummersresource.com forward slash session 447 you can check that out it's not my video uh but i put it on there i put it in the show notes for you to check out because it's you should go check it out it's really cool to watch him do this in real time it's unedited he didn't like they didn't chop it together or anything like that he listens to a song charts it out walks into the studio and records it it's pretty insane check it out it's at drummersresource.com forward slash session 447 and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon from sunny Los Angeles. Peace.